welcome to another episode of Top Lines and Tales, your weekly livestock podcast. And as always, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Harbro, for their continued support. This week on Top Lines and Tales, we're going to slightly different tangent because I'm joined by Charlotte Merson of the Nuffield Farming Scholarship. Uh, good morning, Charlotte. Good morning, and thank you very much for having me on today. And I think you're talking to me from Yorkshire. I'm here in Fife, and we've got a bit of a frosty morning as we go into winter. But uh, let's start with what is the aim of the Nuffield Scholarship? What, what's the modern strap line? What, what, what is it you, you market yourselves as? So simply, Nuffield Farming is all about leading positive change in agriculture. And we award 20 scholarships approximately a year to um, to allow individuals to go out explore the world and find out more about best practices internationally to bring them back and improve British agriculture. What a brilliant opportunity for agriculture and for those youngsters, of course. And I'm just going to look a little bit into its founder, Lord Nuffield, real name William Morris, born in Worcester in England, my hometown, uh, in 1877. And uh, he was later named first Viscount Nuffield or Lord Nuffield, as we know him as. And his history is very interesting because He'd been to Detroit to see the operations of Henry Ford, the car manufacturer, and he came back, a fairly humble man, really, but he came back and decided that uh, that he was going to get into the to the car business, car manufacturing business. And that's basically, that's essentially where the Nuffield Foundation came from, Charlotte, really, isn't it? It's the car business. It is, absolutely. And he wanted the reliability, essentially, and the cheaper price to bring that back to Britain. As I said, a fairly humble man, he achieved massive recognition and success with cars such as the Morris Cowley and the Morris Oxford, um, both which, of course, were based in Oxford and Cowley Road there, where, where the factory was placed. And uh, obviously there was the Nuffield tractor, which sadly I'm old enough to remember. And uh, he, he carried on sort of successfully manufacturing cars through the war. He turned his hand to, as a lot of manufacturers did, to tanks and planes and armaments for the Second World War. And also Morris came out with a well-known Morris Miner, of course. That, uh, you won't remember the Morris Miner either, Charlotte, I don't suppose. I've been in a few of those. No, unfortunately, I don't. Okay, and the the the, the industry eventually merged with Austin. Uh, I think they had a bit of a fallout at, at one stage, and then eventually became the British Motor Corporation (BMC) in 1952, and formed the British largest automobile manufacturer um, in Europe, I think. And and, and moving on to, to what he did, Morris, or, or we'll call him. Lord Nuffield set up his foundation, I think, in 1943, so just towards the end of the war, to aid the advancement and health of social well-being and care and comfort for the aged poor. So basically, originally, the, the, the foundation started out, I think, to, to help everybody. Is that right? It did. And it was uh, very much not intended to involve agriculture at that stage. It was purely for the health issues of the UK population in general mm -hmm. at that point. Yeah, I get that. And then I think it was 1947, uh, a man called Jack McLean, who was at the time, I think, vice president of the National Farmers Union, suggested that uh, perhaps a Nuffield Farm Foundation might sponsor a travelling scholarship for established farmers and growers um, who'd made such a significant contribution to the expansion of food during the war. So I think it sort of stemmed from the war, really. Everybody was looking to farmers during a wartime to feed the nation. And I think that was about giving some of them a little bit back and learning a bit more, isn't it? And uh, that's pretty much when... The, the, the Nuffield Farming Scholarship was born. It's a great story, isn't it? It is. It's a wonderful story and it's gr fantastic working for a charity that dates back to the 1940s. And 1947 was the first time that we found some Nuffield scholars. Um, 
and they had the opportunity to go out and travel, which was brilliant. And those Nuffield scholars were, and I, I'm going to name them, if I'm probably not still alive now, but there'll be families of them out there, was uh, Jane Kenyon, John Rousill, Edward Stutes, and their mission was to search out and bring back to the UK farmers some innovation, really, innovation in, in agricultural husbandry practices from, from all around the world. And uh, you know, it was a fantastic opportunity for them. And, and would, would Nuffield have been involved to oversee this at this time? He was a busy man. No, I couldn't actually give you the answer on that. I I imagine he would have been at the very start. Mm. I'm afraid I don't have the full details. Okay, I'm not to, I'm not to test you on your history lesson here. I've done my little bit of research, but um, the scholarships increased, I think, to eight people uh, per year as the organisation grew and developed, I think, into getting sponsors to fund students as, uh, as well as himself. But just go back to, before we go on to sort of how the Nuffield developed and obviously where, where you sit just now, um, he, he was a man that gave his, gave stuff away, he made a lot of money, but he gave away something like £30 million during his lifetime. An incredible man. He started Guy's Hospital in London. He started the Oxford University Med- Medical School. So obviously giving something away into those places. Just a, a very generous man and a humble man, as I said. He was an absolutely fantastic man, and that is the amount that he gave away. I'm not sure what it would be in today's money, but it's just a phenomenal amount, but also the steps forward that the country was able to make on the back of what he gave. I think that's the difference, isn't it? When you get an entrepreneur like this that puts their money back in, not just giving it away to charity, but actually doing something with it and making sure that it does take the world forward. And as you said, very much has done certainly with you know, Guy's Hospital, fantastic place and various things, but uh, with the uh, Nuffield Foundation. So we'll go on, on to yourself, uh, Charlotte. In 2019, I've read that Nuffield Foundation celebrated funding its 1,000 scholars. So, I mean, that's a, that's a long way where it's come there, isn't it? So uh, where, where do you sit within the organisation? Absolutely. So I look after all of the scholars and all of our groups within Nuffield. That might be the region or the study groups. And we award approximately 20 scholarships per year so at any one time i'm looking after 60 or so scholars um, and arranging lots of wonderful events and briefings for them and supporting them while they go and do their travels so that in a nutshell is what i do for nuffield okay and so you say 60 uh, 20 per year so we're talking really a scholarship runs over a period of three years i suppose from when it's first applied for to when they eventually uh, wrap it up with a presentation Absolutely, yes. So the ones that have just been awarded their scholarship this autumn, they will present in 2025. So it's uh, two years. So you get awarded in the October and then you then present two years later in the November to finish your scholarship. So, yes, it's a full two year process. um, And that gives you you have to go and do eight weeks worth of international travel. So doing it over a two year spread allows everyone to be able to do it and to fit in with your quiet time for your individual business or to suit family life or whatever it may be. Okay. Or uh, if you're an employee to go and do your travels using only holiday time if you only have four weeks allowed per year. Okay. Okay. I mean, let's go back to, well, we'll just start with a moment. I'll maybe go on to who applies in, in, in a minute and the, and the variation in that. But I'm right in thinking the age limit is, is, is it 40 years old? I remember applying when I was 39 and not getting it and I couldn't apply again because I was too old. And that's been a while ago. Is it, is it 40, the, the, the cutoff point? 45. Okay. So you've got to be... You can't be 40. Well, you can't have turned 46 on the 31st of July. Okay. Um, so, yeah, right until the end, your 46th birthday, you can apply. Okay. 
maybe my, my maybe it was my 45th birthday that I, I applied then or whatever <laughs> it was I can't remember anyway so the application okay we'll, we'll announce how to apply in a minute because I'm hoping a few people listen to this might be inspired by what Nuffield can do for them but um, the application process they choose a subject do you, do you list a whole load of subjects they can, is it like mastermind you have your specialist subject and there's a whole list and you choose one or do people just come along saying I want to study x it's completely up to the individual we don't offer any form of guidance at all we welcome as long as there's the link to british agriculture then we welcome any topic at all and that's what makes it so special because we'll have topics this year we've got um somebody looking at uh farming flies basically and insects all the way through to ethical cow calf contact on dairy farms so the variation in topics is absolutely huge and there's and what we didn't we don't want to do by prescribing and giving a list of topics is limit people's interests and passions and aspirations so we want you to come to us with the most fantastic topic you can possibly think of that we might not even know about and that's what's so exciting about about it okay that, that's brilliant i mean there will be overlap from year to year people looking at similar things there's only a certain range that, that agriculture can cover um and, and obviously things like sustainability now everybody wants to look at sustainability because it's the buzzword of the moment do you Let's go to the sele- selection process, uh, uh, Charlotte. I don't, um, maybe who selects in, in a second, but I mean, how are these selected? What you don't want is, is 20 of your students, of, of 10 of them all looking at sustainability of, of, of cows in, in New Zealand or so. So do, do you break these down until you've got a variety of, the, of different topics going each year? I mean, in terms of, because, because it covers all range of agriculture, which includes forestry, fishing, it includes, um, it, it's not just farmers, probably 60% of our applicants are farmers covering pig, poultry, arable, dairy, um, beef and sheep, all of it. And then the other 40% are either in industry um, or work for different organisations. So actually, we tend not to get that many applicants covering exactly the same topic yes we'll always get probably five or six looking at regenerative agriculture however everybody's farms in a different part of the country and they're all looking at it from different points of view so whether they're looking at it from the purely arable point of view or regen in potatoes um so many different ways of looking at it we so we never actually have a topic might be similar, but we never have the same topic twice. And and again, that's very exciting. So in terms of the selectors, we don't actually judge on um, if two people come in with the same topic. That's just not a problem for us because they'll be looking at it from a different point of view. They'll want to go to different countries. And if we did have two people coming in that wanted to go to the exact same countries looking at that exact same topic, it's not happened, but then we would maybe judge it slightly separately. But what we're really looking for is um, when it comes to selection, we're looking for the passion of the individual and how much they love and really want to immerse themselves in their topic, their knowledge, obviously, and also are they going to represent Nuffield brilliantly? Um, And then three three other things that we're looking for we're looking for is it enough field going to make a difference to that person as an individual it's not a travel program enough field is a leadership pro program we do a 
put in a huge amount of time to develop that person as an individual and as a leader. And then we look at, is it enough field going to make a difference to their business or the industry they work in? And finally, will it make a difference to British agriculture as a whole? So we're considering all of those things when deciding who to award as the quality of candidates that we get through is absolutely exceptional. We are very, very lucky. Okay, that sounds a, a brilliant synopsis of of that. As I said, what you're looking for. Let's go on to the who. Then you say we. I mean, under the board of directors within the, within the field, there is there a selection committee of three or four, ten? Yeah, what, what what who who makes the decisions? Absolutely. So you apply online through our website. Super easy application process takes a little bit of time, as these things do. And then it goes to our selection panel that's made up of five people. It's always made up of our chairman, our vice chair, one external um completely external to Nuffield individual and then we have two Nuffield scholars they are invited to sit on it and everybody sits on the interview panel for a year term or they can extend and do up to three terms which would be three years as a selector um so we always we make sure there's a really good range of individuals and experience on the selection panel to try and cover most topics because obviously we might be interviewing a poultry farmer and then the next person that comes in might be a vet looking at um parasites in in the sheep industry so it's um we've got to have a huge breadth of knowledge to be able to ask interesting and relevant questions to the different topics that are coming in okay i get that and you say the application is online so to start with you'll get we'll maybe talk numbers you'll get a, you know, a lot of applications come in and you'll whittle those down to the amount of people that are going to sit in front of that interview panel or does everybody get a shot at the interview panel from from the get-go we have to reduce it so we approximately half the number of applicants that apply the selection panel do uh, an initial sift through and we will um, I have to say, unfortunately, thank you very much for applying, but it's a no to approximately half. And then we take through 50% to interview in person. Okay. And interview in person, they, they, they all come down for a day. I mean, I know you hold, maybe you go on to in a second, you hold the Nuffield Farming Conf- Conference every year. So do they come down to that? And then is there a part of that where they all sit in front of the panel, chewing their nails, standing outside, waiting for their shot, their, their turn to get in front of these guys? Or where do they go to? <laughs> I'm sure there is some nail chewing. Uh, so we interview in October in, in Central london it's um to keep it nice and easy in terms of travel for everybody and uh, our annual conference is in november okay um let's go on to them the selection process when they they narrow it down then so they they then once our listener here once you've put your application in there and you sit and wait by the mailbox for for your yes or no to come back in and then you get called in to to London there where does it go from there once they get the nod I know one or two of the lads that have got the nod this year already where does it go then do they then come back to you and say this is what I'm going to do and give me some money or or or, or is all that already written in the application yeah so the application form covers everything so in it you've got to write your title you've got to write a couple of um, quite lengthy paragraphs on your topic and expansion on your topic. You've got to do a section on where you want to travel to and why. So, for example, you might put, um, I would really like to go to the Netherlands to look at ethical cow-calf contact um, as they're the world leaders in it. 
and you would list a couple of people that you might like to go and see. We're not expecting huge amounts of detail on the application form. You won't have the contacts, but we are expecting individuals to have done some research to show that they are committed enough to Nuffield at that stage. And then when you go through to interview, every interview is completely unique. We tend to start with the same sort of question, which would be a nice icebreaker. And I should add as well, each interview is only 20 minutes. So you've only got 20 minutes face to face to impress the panel. Um, so you'd have a nice icebreaker question and then it's straight into a very tailored line of interviewing all about you as an individual and about your topic. So a lot of prep work goes into the sort of questions that we might ask for each individual and um, we don't just have a list of questions to ask to everybody okay so you've done your research on their research basically to to a to see that they know they know about it and b to make sure that, uh, that you understand exactly what they're doing you know that's brilliant i mean a lot of the ones that um, people that i know have traveled down under i suppose they go in the winter farmers when when the weather's warmer down there so a lot of people be in australia new zealand uh, and what have you and but but you you also do you also have scholars from those places as well, I believe. Is the scholarship now open to other other countries as well as just to the UK? Yes, Nuffield International um, it is. So obviously I work for Nuffield UK and then there's Nuffield International and there's uh, lots and lots of countries in the world involved with Nuffield now and have scholars. Um, Australia has nearly many, nearly as many scholars as us each year. Uh, so does Nuffield New Zealand. There's Nuffield in, in Canada, in Brazil. We have international scholars from all over. I think we've had international scholars for getting on for 30 countries wow, okay. now. So um, it's certainly not just about Nuffield UK. And actually the new scholars, they all come together. The, I should say the international scholars all come together once a year so you get awarded your scholarship in the october find out you're successful and then in the march you will be flown to a destination at some some place in the world in march 2024 they're being flown to brazil and they will come together with the 20 sorry the 70 nuffield international scholars so there'll be 20 uk scholars and another 50 approximately nuffield international scholars of that year and they'll all come together for 10 brilliant days um, traveling around Brazil, learning all about international um, international agriculture. There'll be scholars from Chile, from Japan, from everywhere, all coming together. And what an opportunity for our new scholars to go and make contacts, basically. Wow, that's, that's brilliant. So that's not just a jolly out there as well. I, I guess they learn from each other as well. You know, all, the, all the scholars will have, pass on knowledge to each other. That's all part of, of, the, of, the, of the remit of being a scholar, isn't it? It is sharing sharing best practices and ideas, basically. Yeah, no, fantastic. And you mentioned the annual conference, so we'll we'll, we'll just brief on that. Then that's once a year. So is that all the scholars that you've got on the go at the moment, or is that previous scholars, or can anybody rock up? Anybody can come along, more the merrier. So our annual conference, um, it moves around the country, uh, moves around the UK every year. So it was in Exeter. Um, the note in a couple of weeks ago next year it's in belfast the year after it's in aberdeen and it's for all nuffield scholars so that is all um some unfortunately no, no longer with us but the over a thousand uk nuffield scholars 
a lot of them get together in one place, approximately 400 people usually. And then we have lots of guests, lots of potential scholars come along, lots of people who are interested in finding out more about what's going on in British agriculture. A, a huge number of people come along and it's a fantastic couple of days. Brilliant. An old boys club and, and the young ones joining in as well. It sounds, sounds fantastic. And I shouldn't say old boys because I know now the scholarship is probably... I would say it's more female orientated, but I mean, there'll be a balance pretty much 50-50 now of, of, of how many females uh, apply for the scholarship compared to how it was going back back the way. Yes, we've been 50-50 for quite a few years now. Um, we've always had a large number of female scholars apply from day one, pretty much back in the late 40s. And, um, you know, we very much encourage female applicants and because it's not just limited to on the ground farmers although we actually get a very large number of female farmers applying it's also for industry so that would be your vets that would be your scientists um your academics your lecturers everybody basically so that um and we gender just doesn't come into it really we have a nat it just naturally falls that we have a relatively simple 50 50 split excellent excellent i mean i know nuffield scholars i can still spot them from 100 yards when you turn up because they wear the old tie and, and you know i've got a few pals of mine will turn up in their tie at the right, the right occasions and i suppose the the ladies will have a bite maybe they wear the tie as well do they but it is a it's a badge of honor and it opens doors that that, that, it that, is. that tie, doesn't it it does indeed mm-hmm and, and we've had a, a few recent scholars. Do you want to tell us a little bit about some some of the scholars? I know Wallace Curry's on there, who's, who, who runs a podcast, the same way I run a podcast. And you, know, you want to give us a little bit more about some of the scholars this year and, and what, what you, you're hoping to get from them? Absolutely. So, um, as you said, Wallace, he's one of our he's one of our fantastic new scholars. We've also got um, oh, we, we've got all sorts. We've got. Jock Gibson, he's another Scottish one, and he's looking at enhancing meat um, eating quality. And as he said, he's going around the world to taste steaks from all around the world. <laughs> nice job um, if you can get it there. Hey, nice job, Jock. <laughs> absolutely. And then another interesting one is a lady called Lucy George. She's looking at tea cultivation. Um, she grows tea in the UK, so she's looking at that. Um and then we've got a lady called Polly Hilton. She's producing fine cider using the traditional champagne method. Uh, we've got the goat farmers. We've got a vet studying goat dairying. Uh, we've got lots of dairy farmers, technology, uh, all sorts, basically. Covers a very wide range. Certainly does. Certainly does. And is there a champion? Do you guys sit there to get together and go, you are the supreme champion, you're the best of the of, of the year? Do you, get, do you do that or is that uh, is that not... To, not to... No, we uh, we don't have a let on who scored highest. I don't think that would be quite fair. However, there's um, each scholar year group, once they finish their scholarship, one of them gets the chance to be voted back in by their year cohort to come back as a trustee. OK, I get that. So that will obviously that'll that'll show a little bit of, of, of how well they did, of course. And and, and you mentioned the, the maximum age. You, you get a minimum age. I remember talking to John Stones, who would be your predecessor, I guess, uh, um, saying well no they don't really want the kids straight out of college to come and do this you want people with a bit of experience before they start applying for a scholarship so what's the sort of do you get youngsters coming in at 18 year olds throwing, throwing the hat in the ring or is it is it more a little bit older so it's 22 is our minimum age we've actually just launched a next generation scholarship which is for your 18 to 24 year olds Great. um so we very much do cover the younger ones however for the normal Nuffield scholarship that starts at 22 because uh, you know a, an 18 an year old just doesn't have 
quite the experience we want somebody to have ideally done two or three years worth of work so they know exactly what they want to study and have some practical hands-on experience of studying it to know how big the problem is i guess i guess that is the case as you said you want people uh, more favor maybe going later going older than that perhaps who, who have had that bit of experience so let's just just go on i've, I've had you know, some of your time i know you're, you're we're all busy but i appreciate you talking so let's just go on who should apply I and mean, we're talking this year's applications are going in when and 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 exactly where should where should some of my listeners be put in put in their application in while they're sitting there in the colder months this morning so applications open in January. On the 24th of January, we'll be having an open evening with um, either one or two guest speakers, as well as myself telling you more about it. And then the application page will go live. So to register your interest, it's really simple. You just go onto our website once the applications start and um, click apply. You will then all you've got to do is put in your email address and your name and where you live in the country. That will then allow me to put you in touch, well, introduce myself, and then also put you in touch with somebody within your region. Um, and that would be your regional chair. And they are very much on hand as as well as I'm on hand as well. And they will spend time with you, helping you with your application form. Um, no one's ever left alone obviously you can turn down the help if you don't want it we'd put no pressure on you you know i don't ever say you must talk to me at least three times before applying i just offer that you might want to talk to me and i'll tell you more about it so you can do that and then i will let you know about the series of webinars we run i run approximately 20 online sessions for all interested throughout the spring and summer and i will cover off all the details on those sessions um, and I run tailor sessions to, to lots of different things but I would cover on one session finances so how does the sponsorship all work how much money do you get what's the breakdown of the funding I would cover who your sponsor might be I would cover where you might want to go on your travels and why to help give you some ideas to write all of this down so we give you a lot of we give you a lot of help if you want it for your application form. Okay, excellent. Sounds like a great hand-holding process and, and you sound very thorough, Charlotte. And you mentioned um, sponsors there. As I said at the top of the show, I think the, the, the Nuffield originally was money from Lord Nuffield himself handing it out to, to further this course. But I mean, over the years, you do have sponsors, don't you? you have, do you have main sponsors, lots of sponsors, different sponsors for each people? Or how, how does this sponsor? I mean, some of my listeners there might want to sponsor you as well. So how, how does the sponsors come into this? We are really lucky. We have we have a huge number of sponsors. So every single scholar is sponsored by an organisation. Um, so whether it would be they're sponsored by AHDB, they're sponsored by um, the Trahane Trust, McDonald's is one of our sponsors, the NFU. Um, oh, too many to mention. Uh, Thatcher's Cider, they're another one of our sponsors. So each scholar is sponsored and their scholarship is funded by one of our sponsors and as well we have a lot of other sponsors who become friends of Nuffield and you give a give a smaller amount to Nuffield uh, as part of the friends of Nuffield scheme so there's so many different ways of getting involved you can part sponsor a scholar you can fully fund a, a scholarship or you can be a friend of Nuffield or you can sponsor the conference all sorts and we are a charity and of course we couldn't manage to do anything at all without the assistance of our wonderful sponsors. That's, um, it's brilliant that uh, that anybody can apply so get yourselves in there and anybody listening to put uh, some sponsorship to help these youngsters who in turn are helping the helping the industry and um, yeah, a brilliant job that I think they're all doing and a brilliant job that uh, that Nuffield's doing so 
you young ones out there, and say you young ones, anybody under the age of 45 doesn't make them that young, to be fair. Take a look. And what, what the web, just remind me of the website, uh, please, Charlotte. It's www.nuffieldscholar.org. Okay. If you can't spell the word scholar, then probably don't apply, but it's nuffieldscholar.org. Oh, no, please, <laughs> please do apply. We have a huge number of dyslexic scholars apply every year. Okay. We fully welcome them, um, and we, we give all sorts of extra help to anyone applying who might be dyslexic or with any form of disability. I'm sorry, Charlotte, that was very flippant of me. but I, <laughs> I, And obviously they get first contact with you, and as I said, very personable that you are there, and, and uh, you're a great bridge between, between them and, and what is quite a mammoth task for these people so uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and, and taking the time I think to talk to my listeners and uh, let's hope it's great to hear the history of the Nuffield and, and, and how Lord Nuffield has done so well but uh, it's also great to know that it's in it's in great hands Charlotte. Absolutely and uh, it is a wonderful wonderful charity that um, does make such a big difference to everything agriculture and it makes a difference to the individual and so many individuals that come through our scholarship program they've set up new businesses they've changed their businesses and they've gone on to such great things after doing their Nuffield scholarship and the number of people that thank um the doing the Nuffield scholarship for really changing their life it's it really is an exciting opportunity. I certainly know, and for regular listeners to this podcast, yeah, the likes of Jim Stobo have had on here, and 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 people before him, they were Nuffield scholars, and and you're quite right, they do. Yeah, Donald McPherson, a Nuffield scholar, John Scott from Fan, I know, is a scholar. They 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 all will attribute the fact that uh, the Nuffield scholarship really helped them move forward and to become movers and shakers in the in the agricultural industry. So again, yeah, we thank Nuffield for that. Absolutely. Okay, well, Charlotte, thanks very much for your time. It's been superb to talk to you and keep up that good work. They're doing a great job. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for having me on and all the best. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Top Lines and Tales. And as we go into head into winter now, uh, have you got lambs out there on forage crops? Because uh, our sponsors, Harbro, can help you on that. Because from as little as three pence per head per day, their forage booster buckets help vitamins and minerals and help lambs make the most of those forage crops there so thanks very much to harbro for uh, their continued support with top lines and tails and make sure that you take a look at their range of products including that forage booster bucket there and uh, the other products that they do uh, get in touch with your local harbor representative or find them online uh, on the internet there or on social media and uh, while you're there on social media don't forget to look out the top lines and tails facebook group where you'll find photographs and images to back up this and previous podcasts.